Hello, Fangirl Nation, and happy Super Bowl week. It is Tracy Sandler, joined as always by my co-host, Stephanie McCarroll. How are you today, Steph? I'm doing great today, Tracy. How are you? I am good, and I am very, very excited to welcome back to the show sportscaster, analyst, reporter, TV personality, all of the things, female extraordinaire, Maria Taylor. Welcome back, Maria. Thanks. It's good to be back on with you ladies. How's it going? Good. Getting excited for uh, Sunday's game. I am leaving for Atlanta tomorrow uh, and very, very excited about it, though it looks like it's going to be a little snowy. But, you know, after last year. Snow in Atlanta, though, just know that that means a dusting of relative precipitation during cold weather. As a girl from Atlanta, (laughs) that's that's what it means. That's good to know for a girl from California who last year in Minneapolis was like, what what is all this? What happened here? Okay, well, that's that's good. That's good stuff. So, Maria, one of the things, um, specifically looking at the AFC Championship game, which came down to overtime, and there was a lot of discussion about whether or not it was fair with the new overtime rules. You did a video on your Twitter, which was really interesting, with some ideas on ways to change it. So I'd love if you could talk a little bit about that and give us your thoughts, because Sunday we could see another overtime game. Yeah, and I would hate it if the game came down to an overtime with the way the NFL has the rules set now, because I think it's a a little bit ridiculous to boil an entire game down to who scores first essentially or who gets the coin flip call correct because I think we all knew that when the Patriots got it they were going to go down and score right away Tom Brady was going to have a score touchdown duh that's what <laughs> happened you know for the entire lie of the fourth quarter and so that that doesn't necessarily mean that the Patriots outplayed the Chiefs for four entire quarters. It just means that they had the the coin flip, right? And I think one of the comparisons I made was if the NBA during overtime was just like, okay, like whoever hits this three first wins and you get the ball first. (laughs) Game over. It just, it doesn't seem to make sense when you spend an entire four quarters making sure that you're playing complimentary football and special teams matters. And, you know, every other sport seems to have it right where whether it's overtime um, you give them more than regulation, so you add five minutes to the clock, and that means special teams plays, offense and defense, or the college rule where the offense gets the ball back, an opportunity to score a touchdown, then maybe after that it's sudden death, but I just think the way the rules are set now, it's it's trying to get the game over really fast. I don't think that's always necessary, especially during playoffs and Super Bowl. I understand it if it had to stay the same for regular season. I agree but, with that. Yeah, I don't know. And I feel like, especially in those games, I mean, those championship games were both so fantastic. I mean, I, those games could have gone on forever. The, right. I don't think anybody would have been upset about it. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those were very exciting games. And they changed the rule a couple years ago. I mean, if memory serves, in the past, before they changed the rule, both teams did get a shot. Yep, they did. They did. And I think the problem was it was just kind of like going back and forth, but the college rules, again, it turns into sudden death or you must uh, go for the extra point. You know what I mean? And so whether or not you'll be able to convert that the next time around is the question. So I just think that there, there's a fair and balanced way to execute it or just, hey, let's put five minutes on the clock and see what happens. We can do that too. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. there's so many other ways to come up with a winner that don't involve us not seeing Patrick Mahomes having the ball in his hands at the end of the game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a really great defense would feel the same way. Like, Let's say the Patriots had the number one defense in the NFL, but it was only up to the offense to score and they had nothing. You know what I mean? So you're just taking away an opportunity from the portion of the team that got up to that situation. You know? 
yeah, it really, it does not, it doesn't seem fair. Um, but it seems probably more fair than what happened in the NFC championship game. And, you know, Steph Maria, it might be time for everyone to move on, but there was, <laughs> there was the no call. Michael Thomas is retweeting and tweeting multiple times a day on everything. Um, but at this point, the Super Bowl Sunday, do we accept it and move on? Or uh, I'll start with you, Maria, and then I'd like to hear from you, Steph. Is that always going to be marred? Will it always be the Rams made the Super Bowl, but? <laughs> It'll always be marred, but I also think that something of this nature had to happen because we had to get to a point where they felt like there was a change that needed to be made. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they're going to change the way they choose officials or the way they train officials if a call like that in the most critical point of a game, in the most critical point of a season, isn't made, you know? Right. So I think in that way, there's a lot of change that's coming. But in one way, for the Rams, it's just like, ooh, God was on your side, I guess. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And I guess, you know, Steph, we've talked about a lot, too, on the podcast that you don't want to put the game in the hands of the ref. I think it was slightly different in this situation, but what are your thoughts on that in that game? You know, it kind of went as expected for me. I mean, I think there were several bad calls made on both sides of the ball. It's just because it was right then and there, it made such a crucial difference. And of course that's when everyone loses their minds about, you know, Um, at first, you know, when I looked, I mean, it was an obvious no call, you know, and it just, you're sort of going, wait, you know, and then the what ifs happen, you know, and we don't know what would have happened. It should They should have probably would have won that game. But I mean, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm a big person on don't give it to the refs. I think that there were plenty of opportunities for them to nail it down. They did blow a 13 point lead. I mean, there's other things that, you know, attributed to the loss. I just, I get it, bad no call, but I don't know. It happens all the time, so it's hard for me to, you know, fully, like, you know, say, well, maybe this should be, you know, reviewable because I just think that, I don't know, it it would take forever. That's one. I don't know how they're going to rectify that. No, I don't don't know either. And I think, you know, in the beginning of that game, the Saints had two opportunities to score touchdowns, and they had two field goals, and I – I felt at that point, I was like, I've seen this movie before in an NFC championship game um, in multiple championship games. And it's always a recipe for disaster. You got to score touchdowns and not put the game in the hands of the ref. That being said, it was a terrible no call, but I do agree with you, Maria, something like that had to happen for them to make a change um, because this one, you know, this was this was pretty big. And I think we all knew there was no chance they were going to replay that game or replay that point of right. that part of the game forward. Um, that would have been amazing. Like, tune in Tuesday night for the last minute or so of the NFC Championship game. <laughs> Join us. Um, but it's, it's, it's actually fascinating that that rule is even in there. I'm kind of shocked that the NFL ever allowed that rule to be in there. I know. Has it ever been enacted? I don't like, believe it, it ever has. Okay, so it must be super egregious because that was pretty egregious. But <laughs> well, but I think <laughs> the, the NFL was no must be terrible. And I think the NFL was very careful as to their wording on the no call in their official mm-hmm. statement because they know that rule is in there. Sure, sure. Um, and I feel like that, you know, that would have caused all kinds of controversy and problems too. Like, okay, so now we're going to play, you know, a minute or so, however many, however much was left of the game, and I don't know. 
if that's really the answer either. But I know that uh, <laughs> Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and our Saints fangirl have a lot to say on the subject and have been talking oh. about it. And I don't, you know, I don't blame them. I feel bad for them. But I you're so it. right about just like it, it could have come down to so many other plays. Like obviously that's the one we're going to focus on because there was a sideline camera right there and there was an official right there that should have made the call. But you're right, like a field goal away or a first down away. Everyone went back to the play, the two plays before. Like you get a first down, one play before that play happens. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then we're not even in the same situation. We're not having a conversation about it. Right. Like just putting your knee down and walking away with a a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You are correct. Um, So it's done. What's done is done. They are not going, uh, they are not going to the Super Bowl, Uh, but the Rams are and the Rams, the Patriots. So you're happy. So yes, I mean, well, actually I am rooting for the Patriots and I was actually rooting for the Saints um, because I do like Drew Brees and I would have liked to see him have a chance another Super Bowl. And I don't, this may have been the last chance. Um, of course, time will tell. Um, and I kind of thought it'd be also cool to have two quarterbacks in their 40s in the Super Bowl. It was sure. kind of amazing. Um, but uh, that being said, um, I am rooting for the Patriots. Also, as a lifelong 49ers fan, I can't I can't root for the Rams. It's just to be so against <laughs> I believe in. Um, but it's I also I, because I've been wondering who are even Rams fans. Like St. Louis has loved <laughs> them. They mm-hmm. just moved to LA. Like, do they care? Who who's about to show up in Atlanta and pay all that money to come to the Super Bowl and are truly fans of the Rams? I'm just curious. Well, it's I think it's, it's, a, it's a fair question. It's a fair question. So my brother, who my older brother, who is old enough to remember having the Rams in LA, is a Rams fan, and as a result, my nine-year-old nephew is a big Rams fan. So I think you have you have a lot of that, um, and then you have a lot of people who just were so excited to have a football team here uh, that they have become Rams fans and adopted them. So it's such a transient city. Um, but that being said, it's not like this is not like Patriots fans or, you know, Saints fans or whatever, who lifelong fans who are, for, who are so excited because they've been waiting all this time for the Rams to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, you have a lot of fans here who are like, wow, this is great. We get a football team. They're going to the Super Bowl. There's going to be a cool new stadium. Like, this is amazing. Um, but, it, you know, but a lot of people are going. Um, and then also, you know, it is it is L.A. and the entertainment factor. and it's going to be the thing to do. So you'll have a lot of people true, going for that reason, but I'll be interested to see on Sunday, the, um, the ratio of Rams fans to Patriots fans. Um, yeah. Because then I wonder Patriots fans also maybe have a little bit of that. Um, you know, well, <laughs> here we go. Been there, done that. Am I really going to go? Um, right, right. So it'll be you know interesting to see, but um, I really felt like this was going to be Brady's last game. He says there's zero chance. Which, in my opinion, also means there is a chance um, <laughs> it's going to be his last game. <laughs> Usually, when someone's like, "There is zero chance," right. that means there's like maybe a little bit of a chance. Um, but you know, I think we'll see. But it should be a great game. I mean, I feel like Steph. We've talked about this. Tom Brady has that look in his eye right now. The you know, just try to beat me look. But top to bottom, talent wise, I do think the Rams are the better team. Steph, why don't we start with you? And then Maria, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah. So um, I definitely agree with that. Like, I think besides um, QB, um, I think the Rams have a lot 
of things going better. But the QB has always made the difference, especially when we're dealing with Tom Brady. There's times when I can't explain how he does it. He pulls, like what I say, a rabbit out of his hat. You know, when there should be no play, it should be, you know, done. And you're not going to like this, Tracy, but I feel like he gets a lot of calls. Like, he's really... I don't know. He gets the right call every time. And if we're talking about those kind of bad calls, he's one of those players that did, that does get it. I don't disagree. Um, but I will say, which, you know, of course I have to, um, Maria, I went to Michigan. I'm not sure. I don't know if you remember that, but I went to Michigan. Yeah. So it's like the, you know, I'm going to defend Brady to like the death. I hope it doesn't come to that, but I'm, I'm always going to defend him. Um, but I think, you know, he does get those calls, but I also think he's earned those calls. So, you know, you, there's like discussion yeah. points in there, but I don't, you know, I don't disagree with that. Um, but I think Sunday's going to be an interesting game. I mean, to me, and Maria, I'd love to know your thoughts in terms of you're just looking at the roster, the Rams win this game, but yeah. there is a Tom Brady factor. Um, and the other thing is his, it's not just Tom Brady, like he makes the play, but so do his receivers. I mean, Edelman always seems to be able to come up with a big play. There was that one drive in the AFC championship game where he seemed determined to ruin that drive. But then later in the game, he was not going to not make the play. And, you know, same with Gronk when push comes to shove. Well, I think to the experience that they all have having been in this situation before, like they've played in Super Bowls before and they've played together. So the confidence that they have coming in, like, this is what we do. Makes out of the last 10. <laughs> we might be undermatched. You know what I mean? Like we have been through this situation before, but I think top to bottom, if you were to compare, okay, wide receiver group versus this wide receiver group, and then you compare defensive line, interior defensive line, defensive ends versus the Patriots, the Rams win. I would say 85% of those position battles. And mm-hmm. if you're just drafting a team out of this group, you put them all together, you're drafting more Rams players than you are Patriots players. Um, but one thing that they do well is like, you know, I think we one of the stats we had on Get Up was that Tom Brady hadn't been sacked at all during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And part of that is because he's getting the ball out really fast. But the other part is like his old life just solid enough, mm-hmm. just solid enough to get it done. And so what's happened is they've got Belichick, they've schemed together something that works for the strengths and the weaknesses that they have. It accounts for both of those things. And if you think about it, he really only has like two targets. And then they're using Sony Michelle, who shout out, go dogs, University of Georgia, starting running back for both teams. <laughs> Um, but he's like all right so we got to get our run game going first which is what they did run right downhill with sony michelle and then we're going to start throwing you know these quick screen passes and we're going to screen you to death and we're just going to like meticulously work and that's what they've done that's what their expectation is probably going to be again against the rams but they're going up against aaron donald and so now it looks a little different this is not the kansas city chief defense so at the end of the day we might end up talking more about the rams defense than anything else um, but I don't, so if it's, I think if the game does not depend on Jared Goff making the play, that's a beautiful thing for the Rams. Yes, I totally agree. And I think the Aaron Donald factor is a huge factor. And this season we saw maybe for the first time in a long time, how, what a difference defensive players can make. I mean, I think you have on the Rams, you probably have your best player on the team in Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Donald. I think you can argue that. Um, and I, we saw it in the Bears, obviously the best player on the team there by far is Khalil Mack and what a difference players like that make. And so Tom Brady has not seen an Aaron Donald in the playoffs. And I think that factor will be huge. And that O-line is going to have, you know, it's work cut out for them. 
Um, so I think that will be interesting to see. And then, of course, the coaches. I think this is like going to be such a fun, interesting battle to see. Um, talk about a lot of younger, we'll go with maybe less experience versus more experience. Um, we'll use that terminology uh, for the coaches and the QBs. But, you know, much has been made of Sean McVay and his age and how there are, you know, multiple players in the league older than him. But boy, has he been impressive. Um, and even though we make a lot of jokes about it, you can understand why anyone who's ever, you know, met Sean McVay in a hallway is getting an interview for a coaching position because what he's done with that team is incredible. Mm-hmm. 100%. And I think I think we're seeing a shift in general. Like you're going to see the NFL having more and more young coaches because everyone's going to look at the Sean McVay effect and be like, oh, that's what we need. That's what we have to figure out. Like Belichick's cool and he keeps getting there, but may, maybe there's a shift and there's a change and, and we can go and get that young, that young kid and bring him up. And I think we're even seeing the effect of the college game. Mm-hmm. With the you know Cliff Kingsbury getting the job, Lincoln Riley being you know the de facto like he was going to be the successor um, to Stoops, you know what I mean? Like there was no question about it. And just how there seems to be an evolution that goes younger, um, maybe even more relatable to the players and to a certain effect. Like as far as it uh, is concerned with inspiring or just getting a team to be behind you and doing a really good job keeping a team together, the younger guy seems to be really good at it. But then there's also like the Saban and Belichick. Like they have created a formula that not many other coaches can make or create. I think this is what I think. I think it's more sustainable to have the young Sean McVay factor than it is to have a Saban Belichick. And if you go the second wave, then you have to be ready to build and right. work with that coach. You know what I mean? Like there's a system that has to get put in place. There's no nonsense level that you're gonna have to maybe let some players go. Um, but people are gonna have to understand when they come it's the Patriots way or no way. If you go to Nick Saban, you have to understand this is Alabama. This is how we do it. Where you know if you went to Clemson and you were with Dabo, it is a little bit different. Like he can adjust to the, the personalities of some players or let them be free in certain ways and talk to the media and have their personalities. It's just a little bit different, you know. And I'm not saying either way is better than the other, but. I think we're going to continue to see it shift and turn a little bit younger. Um, just as the generation, they're, they're different. Kids are different these days. And they're still kids when they get to the NFL. I try to remind people of that. Like, okay. Just because they show up and they're making millions of dollars, like maybe they might be 21. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know? like, you might be the starting quarterback for a Super Bowl team and you're 24, 25. I'm 31. And I'm like, I wouldn't want that pressure when I was 24. But that's where we are. No, and I, I think <laughs> that's, that's, that's where a- that's a very good point of remembering they're still kids. And I think you made up, you made a very interesting point as well. Um, and Steph, we've seen this obviously in the Niners, but having those younger coaches that really relate to the team and keep a team together. And we've seen that for the last couple of years in San Francisco, you've had two very tough seasons, um, but that team has stayed together. And a lot of that is a tribute to Kyle Shanahan, obviously really remains to be seen whether that can be turned into wins. Um, Cause that's obviously the X factor there, but I think that makes a very good point when the players, maybe when they can relate to their coach, it might be different, but you're right. There may not be a right way or a wrong way. It's just being able to come into that way, but it's, it is such a good thing. They are kids. And that's something, even when you watch college that I always try to remember from like, you know, when I was in college um, and you're in college with these guys, so you know them, you're friendly with them and they're kids. I mean, I wouldn't yeah. not have been able to take that. Pre- I mean, obviously I was not going to be a quarterback on Saturdays but let's pretend I was like that's a that's a lot of pressure at 19 years old to be in the Big Ten championship and you know that's you forget that that kids that's why I think college coaches I have so much respect for them because 
their success is often dependent on the day an 18 year old is having. Exactly. 100%. And that is. So or like, did you break up with your girlfriend? Why are you there? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, true. it's yeah. true. And I think as they get older, they can learn to handle it better. Yes and no. I think we've seen probably many an example in the NFL where not so much, but you know, as you start to be able to handle your emotions and separate and compart vendalize, it's really hard to do when you're 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, so I think that's a, you know, a very, a very good point. Um, you know, Maria, since you are from Atlanta, are there any things you think everyone should be keeping an eye, like aside from the game, is there stuff that you recommend everybody does? Ooh, I love that. Um, Mary Max Tea Room is a really good restaurant that's okay. like downtown. Uh, obviously, you can go to the original Krispy Kreme factory, which is just means eat donuts. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> the hot time, go eat donuts. Trust me on that. Um, and then I wish the weather was nicer because we have something called the Beltline, which is just like this path that kind of goes in between neighborhoods. And there's just so many great restaurants along the Beltline. So if there's one sunny day that pops up and it's like 40 or 50 degrees, just ask someone to point you towards the Beltline okay. um, and start walking down it. And just, I literally think you should kind of bar hop, just do a little crawl, okay. <laughs> just do a mini crawl. That's a good, I mean, game's not till six o'clock on Sunday. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said you're leaving tomorrow, right? I'm leaving Monday. tomorrow. So yeah. there's plenty of time. Plenty, plenty of time. Yes, there's definitely plenty of time. Uh, will you be there, Maria? So I'm getting in town Thursday, but then I have a game at Michigan State, Indiana. I have a men's game. Okay. Um, and then the plan is to come back on Sunday. So it just kind of depends on how I feel. But, you know, I have no – like, I don't care necessarily if the Patriots are the Rams. <laughs> <laughs> it's Atlanta. Like, I feel like I have to be there, but – you know, yeah. remains to be seen. But I'll definitely be there on Thursday and Friday. Well, I was going to ask you since you have um, your Georgia running backs, if you had one, if you had a feeling about it one way or the other. I know, I know. I can literally see that makes me neutral again. It would be different <laughs> if it was just Todd Gurley or Sony Michelle. I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going with that team. Mm-hmm. But I got nothing. You got nothing. You're just, you just I want a good nothing. game. You're just going to be a football yeah, fan. Exactly. I want a good game. I'm going to be a fan. I'm going to be a football fan. I might make some wings or something. Oh, well, that's always, you know, that's always a good idea. You should, if you have a moment, go to, I'm going to do a shameless plug here. Go to FGSN.com. We have like a ton of Super Bowl content. We got drinks, we got recipes, we have a wings yes. recipe. Okay. So we okay. have all kinds of things that you can make. Maybe that's what party. I'll do. I'll just like make all those recipes and like that would be my Super Bowl fun. You know like, what? We are, them. That would be great. Please feel free to tag us. Okay. <laughs> Super into that. I love it. I like Maria takes on the Super Bowl. That's actually a right. great, this would be a really fun segment generally. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so much fun. Um, I really, I love that idea. Um, all right, so we're going to do prediction time because okay. it's the Super Bowl. It's our last chance to do it for like another nine months, which yep, makes yep. me sad, even though it does come, it seems to go really fast, but um, still makes me sad. Um, Steph, I will start with you. What do you think will happen on Sunday? Ugh, I literally don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know I, I can tell you who I want to win and I'm going for the Rams and it's just because I can't I can't handle I can't handle another Patriots win I you know they've been in the Super Bowl six out of the last 10 years and for you know I I don't know I, it's just getting old for me like I get that they have a dynasty I get they're really good but I'm just over it so 
Um, but I don't, I don't doubt that they could pull off a victory here. So I guess my, I'm going to pick the Rams only because I want them to win. Not that I actually have, and I think they should win. I think they have the, you know, capabilities and, you know, the roster to do it. So that's what I'm hoping, but I don't know. I mean, I've seen, I've seen crazier things. So. Well, I mean, yes, I think that's that's fair. Um, Maria, let's let's go to your prediction. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. I'm I'm going with the Rams one because of Patriots fatigue, and I hate to say that because I'm always the one that's like tooting UConn Huskies women's basketball more. Like <laughs> we love dynasties; they're so great when you're in the middle of blah blah. blah. But yeah, I'm done with it. And I feel like the best team is the Rams. Like at this point, I'm just rooting for that to be who wins the Super Bowl, you know, not like some mystical, great scheming and all this other stuff. Like, I want the best players on the field to win and Rams, the Rams have more of the best players on the field and they should win. So, which is obviously not how the game always boils down to, but that is my hope. Okay. So, yeah. So we've got two for the Rams. Um, I'm going to, I would have just to be different. I probably would have picked the Patriots anyway, but also um, I'm going to be rooting for the Patriots and I just want to prepare everybody. Now I'm going to be wearing a Tom Brady Jersey. So I wore wore it a couple years ago um, in Houston and everyone was very up in arms, but they're not playing the 49ers. So it's not like I'm making some sort of some statement or choice here. Um, so I am going to root for the Patriots. Um, and I, I think that they're going to win, but I think Maria, it will be that mystical scheming Tom Brady factor. Like the heavens opened up and said, no, 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 we can't have two in a row. What would, no, no, that that is just not right. (laughs) Um, so it'll definitely be some crazy mystical Julian Edelman diving for a catch that no one should ever make and then it's like divine intervention and he makes yeah, it like float. exactly into the end zone at the very end and that will be that so I, I admit that that's what's going to be because I stand by what I said earlier I do think the Rams are the better football team top to bottom um, so I actually think this will be a real, not I actually, but I think this will be a really good game. Um, and we've seen the last two Super Bowls have been really good games. And I think this will be a great game. Um, but I think it's going to be that Tom Brady divine intervention at the end. Um, but if it's not, I will say like, I would be very happy for the Rams. I actually, I really like Sean McVay. I think he's an incredible coach. Jared Goff sold me in the NFC championship game. I was always okay. on the uh, yeah, and Steph went to Berkeley, so that's she neglected to mention that in her uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in her Rams love. Um, but I, he sold me. I mean, I agree with you, Maria. I don't think that they want the final play to come down to whether or not Jared Goff can make it. But he, to me, really proved that he's got it. Be on the road in New Orleans, down thirteen, yeah. nothing. And right. stay calm and bring that team back to win. It's like, okay, you know what? He is the real deal. I'm convinced. Yeah. So you're lucky you, Jared. I'm convinced. Um, okay. <laughs> um, but so I think he has the poise to do it. Um, but, you know, the Super Bowl is is a big stage. And I know that they say, they all like to say, it's just another game. And I'm not preparing any differently. But, you know. Lies. 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 We're human. Come on. <laughs> Total total lies uh, so this will be fun and also like do we see is this the year we see the changing of the guard 
you know, like you, it's a little bit of a, it would be a little bit of a torch pass. If the Rams win, it's like, you know, McVay and Goff taking over. Um, because I think the Rams are going to be in a lot of Super Bowls for years to come. If they can keep this team together and continue to play at the level they've been playing, they have the potential to start another, a, a new dynasty. So does it start now? Is it, is it the great like irony that Brady's first win was against the Rams and then the Rams take this win and start their own dynasty? Um, we'll see. Time will tell. A week from now, we'll know. And actually, we'll know. oddly enough, a week from now, we'll know and we'll be on to the next thing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we'll we shall see. Maria, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank um, you. Very nice. Keep keep up keep it up. The great coverage and just you know being great women in the game this is great. Thank you, thank you very much. Um, and follow us all week long for Super Bowl coverage. Um, our Patriots fan girl will be in Atlanta this weekend. She and I will be attending the game together. So uh, watch for that because she is excited. And I think that will be fun from a fan perspective uh, to get to watch. Um, and that is what I got. Uh, we will see who wins. Happy Super Bowl week, everybody. Bye.